everyone. This is the Sound Health Radio Show with Richard Talk to Me Guy. And Sherry Edwards continues to develop the soundhealthportal.com. This week, I'm going to suggest, I, f- I flip and flop, that's why I hesitate for a moment. I would suggest going to the soundhealthportal.com, scrolling down to the bottom and clicking on the video tab and watching a demo of Sherry doing a live workup online with a person, because then it'll give you a real idea of the process, not only the process, the ease of the process, and that because with the Sound Health Portal, it's all online, which is a miracle, having worked with Sherry long enough that we used to have to lug around a laptop and do it this way. Now we can just go online. Wow. And, and so scroll to the bottom of soundhealthportal.com, click on a video, click on the video tab, and then pick something that you're interested in and watch the whole process. They're usually about an hour long. And volunteer will do a voice recording right from their computer. Sherry will run it through the software and then pull up the reports, which now, as I know that because she's always developing new graphs and charts and ways of displaying the information, the vocal print, which is a voice recording that is run through the software that then breaks it down into bits and bytes and sees where things are low or high. And it's all related to the vagal nerve, but you'll learn all this as you watch the videos. And the reports will come out, and now she's designed reports that are visual instead of just words. For a long time it was words, and we had to figure out what to do with it. Now there are charts and pie charts, amazing pie charts. One of my favorites, I forget what it's called, but it's, it's the chart which shows you Kind of the like, you want to look at this now first. Whether it be, it's often related, so it's always related to the methylation cascade, which is a whole show unto itself. And it shows you, it gives you a visual display of, okay, here are these outer issues that you might want to look at of, of something that's too high or too low, hypertonistic or hypotonistic. And just because something's high or low, well, actually, just because something's high, that oftentimes can occur because you're not assimilating it, which relates to the methylation cascade. And so this pie chart will come up and you'll go, oh, there's the thing I want to look at right now. And then you'll get a printed report and it's really amazing. So that's, that's my preferred way of learning about the Sound Health Portal. Another way that then after you watch that video, you can experience it is you go to the Sound Health Portal and you scroll down to the campaigns. And the campaigns of the current software programs that are free to run. And I just reviewed them. And some of them are, uh, one of them is Parkinson's. Another is Corona Conflict, uh, Stem Cells, and BioDiet. And BioDiet is one I like to go through often because it shows me where the imbalances of back to assimilation because it's all about assimilation. And our amazing guest, Sarah McCroskey, will be speaking about this from a different angle, but it's all about assimilation, I believe, in a certain way. That So you, you go to the Sound Health Portal, you scroll down to campaigns, pick your campaign that you want to run. Let's say it's BioDiet. Then you'll sign up for a free membership, and you, they need you to sign up because they need some place to send your report. They're not going to spam you. They don't sell it. They don't do anything other. They just need a way of sending you the report. So you've chosen your campaign, you've signed up for the free membership, and then the system will walk you through doing two 30 to 40-second recordings, and then you'll submit that report, and you'll get that information back in two to eight hours, typically, at the most. 
and I would suggest sitting down with a cup of tea and reviewing it. And then if you want to know more information after that, then you can go to soundhealthoptions.com and find a sound health expert or consult with Sherry directly. Uh, at that port, they have a directory of BARAs, Bioacoustic Research Associates, and you can then work with somebody online. So it's a, it's a really, the portal is really chain, life-changing in a certain, in, in a direct way, because now it's just available to anywhere, anybody anywhere online, which is amazing, because otherwise it was complicated and you have to meet in real, real time and laptops and a bunch of stuff. So that's all at soundhealthportal.com. To hear and share replays of this show, about 15 minutes after we end the show, you can go to talktomeguy.com, all one word, talktomeguy.com. Scroll down the page and you'll see this show there in about 15 to 20 minutes with complete show notes, things that we talk about during the show, and links through to be able to listen to it on a variety of podcast apps right there on that page. You can even find us now on Audible, which I think is kind of fun. And then this page, this site has been designed to be very mobile friendly since so many of us are listening to things directly from our phones these days or our tablets. You can also use it on the computer. Uh, There's a player built in right there. So if you scroll down to the bottom of the the show notes, you'll find a player built right in and just tap it and listen to the show right there. And or if you want to make a suggestion or a comment or anything, there's a microphone, an image of a little microphone at the bottom right corner of every page. And you can just tap that and leave me a message right there from your computer or from your phone saying, what about this? Or how about this idea? So that's all available at talktomeguy.com. With that, trained in the health sciences, counseling, nutrition, and metaphysics, Sarah McCroskey is a certified bioenergy balancing practitioner and the founding director of the Bioenergy Balancing Center, East Bay, located in the Richmond Hills of the San Francisco Bay Area. Sarah is also the founder of the Human Spirit Radio Network. Down to earth, with over two decades of clinical experience, Sarah's vision of what is possible empowers clients and audiences alike to fearlessly embrace the arc of human evolution and live their unique spark audaciously. Becoming free from conditioning, personally constructed limitation, and physical-emotional imbalance, Sarah promotes a life path partnered with spirit, walking her talk with humor, passion, and clear-sightedness. Sarah offers one-on-one healing sessions by phone worldwide. Sarah joins us to discuss moving through blocks and limitations to open a new procession of the world. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you, Richard. Great to be here. All right, everybody, please strap yourself in. This could be uh, quite a uh, quite a show. <laughs> Sarah and I actually know <laughs> have, know each other, and I'm very fond of her material. So just relax your brain pans a little, because this could be uh, this will be mind blowing and expansive. <laughs> I will say exactly, exactly, yeah, and fun. That's the important part. I want to start with a, a quote from your page and then a question following this. 
The body's wisdom and recall provide unparalleled potential for healing and consciousness. So I want everybody to have that kind of as a bumper sticker or a crawler across their computer or phone. <laughs> then, how did you how did you discover bioenergy balancing? How did that come into your world? Was there was there an incident or an aha moment or how did that occur even? Yeah, sure. Um, well, it, it really happened because I was having my own physical difficulties. I had been um, having um, this kind of roundabout with um, bladder infections and then, and then taking antibiotics for bladder infections and then getting yeast infections and then another bladder infection and just this constant roundabout that was just uh, suppressing my immune system and was causing me, actually, I think ultimately I wound up having a systemic candida kind of situation. So, um, and one of the symptoms I was having was um, was back pain. Um, it, you know, I, I think I basically wound up with kind of a leaky gut situation, which can give you symptoms that seem like they're structural um, uh, and muscular. So I was seeing a chiropractor um, for um, back symptoms. My back would just kind of go out spontaneously, and it, it was not good. So anyway, she was, um, you know, very forward-thinking, very nutritional-based. She had a lot of um, tools in her kit, and um, she happened to know um, Priscilla Capel, who is the person who created Bioenergy Balancing. And um, she had worked with Priscilla and had some sessions, and she said to me one time, um, you know, I know that you're, you're willing to go kind of out of the box about how to approach what's going on with you, and I think maybe you'd, you'd benefit from a session with Priscilla. So I was like, yeah, sure, anything. And um, so I went and had a session, you know, it was an in-person session with Priscilla who um, had a practice down in Palo Alto. In fact, she just now um, ended her practice at 95 years old. Wow. So she just stopped seeing clients. But um, so I went to see Priscilla, and Priscilla would work, um, with, you know, where um, the client, me, would um, lay on a um, massage table face up, and Priscilla would work with a coat practitioner who would do the muscle testing, and Priscilla would ask questions of the body and then um, use the arm of the coat practitioner to do the muscle testing to get the um, response from the client's body of yes and no to her questions to guide the process. So um, that first session, you know, I, I was at the place where um, I had to go to the bathroom like all the time. Like I would, it would just be like, okay, well, I got to go. And so I just told her, you know, in the middle of the session, I may have to go to the bathroom. And she's like, that's fine. So, you know, she was working and we were clearing things and it was interesting and fascinating. And, um, and then about mid-session, I was like, well, I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. She's like, fine. So I get up to uh, get up off the table to go to the bathroom. And literally, I almost threw myself into the wall with just the normal amount of energy that I would use to just propel myself and walk and stuff because my field had changed so much. My energy had changed so much that just my normal, you know, kind of propulsion was like way too much. Like all of a sudden it was like, whoa. And 
I was so much lighter. Just this was mid-session. So um, anyway, we finished the session. It turned out I had all of this energy that was stuck down in my low pelvis that had to do with, you know, trust issues and um, uh, feeling minimized as, as a woman and old sexual stuff. And, you know, it was just compromising and basically clogging up my whole pelvic region. And so anyway, um, the, the symptoms, and then she also discovered that I had a metal in my body. Um, and it was, um, it was silver, actually. I had this old, um, uh, these old utensils um, that I was using that were plated silver that I'd gotten mm. from my grandmother. And the silver was coming off, and I, you know, I didn't even notice it. But the silver, you know, in too too much silver, can't is like a heavy metal in your body, and so it was suppressing my immune system. So that was a piece of the picture too, and um, so she gave me a remedy to release the silver, and uh, and then with the energetic changes and releases that had happened, uh, it cleared up. I just stopped getting um, these bladder infections and yeast infections, and I was able to just restore my health so it it was quite an experience and um and then i didn't do any sessions at all for a couple of years and then a, a couple of years later i thought well maybe i should do one of those sessions and so i i saw some other practitioners people who do the same work but had been trained by priscilla and after about the third time i had a session I remember I came up off the table and, and I kind of looked at the people who, who I'd been working with and I, I said, you know, um, I think I'm supposed to be doing this work. <laughs> and, and it really struck me like, wow, you know, this is kind of uh, what I've been looking for because I, I had been very interested in psychology. I'd been very interested in biology. I'd studied biology in college and loved the body and biochemistry and how smart the body is. And, but I hadn't really figured out a way that these two things could come together. I, I, I had done a lot of talk therapy. I thought it was really valuable, but I knew there were pieces that lived in the body that I wasn't getting to through talk therapy. And um, so this was the perfect combination for me of um, – access, like that quote that you just mentioned, access, the ability to access uh, the physical body and all of its awareness, the biochemistry, the nutritional stuff. The body has total recall of all emotional content, the unedited version of all our emotional content. And it also knows about energetic patterns. It knows about limiting beliefs. It knows about um, split-off energies. It knows about content even from other lifetimes. Um, it's got that much knowledge. I kind of look at it like um, almost like a physicalized version of the soul. Mm. That's a whole show. I'm bookmarking that in my mind. That's a great phrase. <laughs> I look forward to your book about that. That's a great one. Thank you. <laughs> That's really good. Um, I was going to talk about this later, but it just seems to fit so well here because it, see, it is revolutionary. And what I'm going to relate this to is back in the 70s, man, back in 71, 
when Michael Murphy, a founder of the Esalen Institute in Big Sur, wrote The Golf and the Kingdom. Now, here's a guy, you know what Esalen is, but for listeners who do not, Esalen is an institute of alternative thinking and teaching and processing. It happens to be located in Big Sur, California, and when you're soaking in organic, natural hot water, you're looking out over the Pacific Ocean. That's mind-blowing unto itself. But he'd been the founder of a, of a thought movement, of a human potential. So for him to write a book about golf blew everybody's mind, like, what's wrong with you? What are you doing writing about golf? Well, that book led to the foundation of the Shiva's Iron Society, a nonprofit organization to explore the transformational potential of sport. And what it was about, Murphy loved to golf. And the Monterey Peninsula was a spectacular place to love to golf because there were many beautiful and great golf courses. And it was really about being in the moment when golfing. And this was in the 70s where people really weren't relating any of this to sports. But he was really getting people to improve their game by being present. And in his case, it was leaning much more toward meditation and that sort of angle because that was his school of background. He'd been a, I call him a professional meditator for 19 years, but that's not quite the, a practitioner of meditation. And that was a lot of his thinking. But it was radical at the time to like try and get to, to allow our bodies to be efficient as possible. We have to be in them and present. And I think that's part of what bioenergy balancing is, is as you say, we're giant walking computers of information, good, bad, don't know, can't tell, not sure. Let me tuck that away over there. I might not need that later. Ooh, that didn't feel good. I'll stick that down there. We're just walking sponges for information, whether it's good or bad. We don't really have filters for, oh, that's bad. I'll just let that go. So I think that the kind of work that you do is really in the same spirit of, oddly enough, golf in the kingdom. (laughs) 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 Who knew? All right. All right. Um, Um, Yeah. But it's really, yeah, go ahead. Well, uh, you know, basically, in terms of being computers, you know, the, the human body and the human brain, everything, everything that's been developed technologically to, as computer systems has been an attempt to create an externalized version of the human brain and the human body and the energetics and the speed at which information is processed in the body. You know, nothing's come close to what the human body actually can do. So all of the computer technology has been an attempt to try and create a machine that can do what our bodies do naturally. So that in itself is a thing. Um, yes. And yeah. Yeah. And well, go ahead. You ask your question. <laughs> you could feel that I had that question. Um, I want to talk about blockages. I never want to talk about blockages. Let's be clear. I never want to talk about blockages, but I know we need to talk about blockages. Um, that's one of my, that's one of the things I like about your work is I'm less of a fan of talk therapy because it just seems like blather, you know, just like blah, blah, blah. Yes. And then, and this thing that happened, it's like, it never really got me anywhere. But when I started doing more body oriented work, I was, I got to see results like, wow, that pain that was weird went away. 
and I didn't take a supplement or do anything. It just went away. Wow. So talk about blockages occurring as a byproduct of conditioning messages we receive as we grow up. That, that's, conditioning is a large part of, of, of why our, we don't manage our systems in a way that we're just kind of constantly um, uh, able to be in kind of a dynamic balance. Because things happen. There's no question. Things happen. We get upset. Um, you know, you, you, you break your leg. You know, um, bad things happen. You know, any number, you know, life is, is, is a thing. You know, there's stuff happens. But we, if, we, if we as a, a culture, and, and certainly in indigenous cultures, people do get training in this, but in Western culture and lots of cultures in the world, we don't get training. And uh, what do you do with that? You know, like something happens. What, what am I, how am I supposed to process this, um, this um, shock, this emotional content, this sadness, this grief, this loss, this anger? Um, what am I supposed to do with that? And, um, you know, if we were, tra- if we were taught and, mo- and it was modeled to us, how to be on, on, in a, on friendly terms with our emotional body and our reactions to things and, and what to do about that and how to breathe and be with the feeling and experience the information that's being given to us by our bodies, the data stream of our emotions, which are really telling us, you know, what's safe, what's not, what to go toward, what to move away from. Um, if we were on a friendly on friendly terms with that data stream, then we would just um, allow those feelings to be experienced and get the information. And once you experience an emotion, I mean, I think everybody's had this experience. Sometimes it takes a long time because we avoid our emotions a lot of the time. But once you do actually get there and feel that feeling, it disappears. That's the nature of it. It's meant to just be information, be experienced, flow through. Um, but because we don't get that training, um, our emotional content and, and a lot of our experiences that, that were traumatic or difficult um, get uh, just caught energetically. And um, our bodies are really our ally in the matter. You know, sometimes you need a good coping mechanism. You know, sometimes there's stuff mm-hmm. that goes on that it's like, yeah, I really do need to just um, get through this and then um, put one foot in front of the other, get the hell out of here or whatever, and um, deal with it later. Um, so the body will very um, loyally um, provide a coping mechanism for us, which is to take on that energetic content, that emotional content, and hold it energetically in the systems of the, the energetic systems of the body. The, in my work, it's the meridian systems and the chakras, like in um, Chinese medicine, you know, the, the channels through which um, energy moves um, to all the tissues and organs and keeps the oxygen and nutrients um, flowing to all parts of the body. Um, so the body will take on that content and it will hold it energetically. But when it holds it energetically, 
it's holding it like a little blockage in the flow of those channels. So, um, you know, as a short-term solution, great. But the body's always hoping that once the dust settles, that we will get back to that content and that we will feel those feelings. And we, you know, in this, once we're safe and, and um, have the support that we need, that we will process that experience and experience it and allow it to flow out of the body. But a lot of times we're like, glad I got through that. And then it's just like on to the next thing. So over time, those energy blockages can coalesce into um, uh, physical symptoms. You know, when, when tissues are not getting the oxygen and nutrients they need, they don't do as well. Um, and uh, emotional patterns, you know, we, we're, you know, some of us have certain feelings that we're okay about feeling and other ones that are like taboo or we won't go there. So, you know, we can develop emotional patterns. Um, so it's, that's how blockages get created, but it's, it's not uh, because our bodies aren't supporting us. They're, they're just giving us a coping mechanism as an interim solution and then really, you know, wanting us to get back to the content, which is why, part of why the symptoms occur. Because the symptom, when the symptoms do occur, well, then we kind of have to get back and look at whatever that was about and to have some tools to do that in a way that allows us to just gently um, know what that was about and then release the energy of it. Not necessarily a big cathartic, you know, who done what, or, but just enough of the storyline so that we can access how that um, emotional content is caught and then release it from the body so that the body can go back into flow. Well, and there's not really in all the anatomy and you know everything that i've studied there's no chart showing where that stuff is stored <laughs> there's no like oh here's the emotional mess meridian chart and and i'm trying to get how that i mean we have an immune system we have signals we have this you know moist wet thing in our the cranium called our brain which is the control center of all this and it's trying to make my right hand move and it's making my lips do the thing. And it's like, but this stuff stuck in my body and there's no, is there somebody and is there some little alien like creature from one of those, uh, I don't know, ET movies in my brain, moving things, trying to get rid of the emotional stuff. What is it? How do we, well, actually let me pause right there and say one of the things that I, I love about dogs is that, when a dog has an event or a trauma or a shock or, or a rush or even gets in a fight or something, the dogs will often sit or lay down and shake. And people always think, oh, the dog's really shaking because he's scared. No, because the dog's body is smart enough to be tossing, trying to burn off or get rid of that adrenaline dump that just occurred. So the dog is kind of self-cleansing in a certain way. It doesn't have stuff stuck because it just blows that out. Do we have what is it? Do we have a mechanism for blowing out the emotions, or do we need to have a session with you? And I mean that in the best of ways. <laughs> well, I mean, I, we have that. We have the mechanism. You know, we have our, you know, autonomic nervous system, um, and our body's, you know, levels of the brain that that know exactly how to process um, 
you know, strong emotion and, um, and trauma. It's just that we have uh, been tra- trained through conditioning um, to not go there. Um, so, you know, when people get shushed when, as children to not cry when they get, you know, when they get a shock or a scare, you know, like, it's okay, shh, shh, shh. you know, everybody learns by, you know, looking around at how, how are the adults doing things around here. And if the adults are doing it by, by um, suppressing their feelings or thinking feelings are bad or just don't go there or just snap on the TV or here's a cookie or let's have, you know, a bottle of wine, uh, then we learn that, that we shouldn't have that. We, we shouldn't just go with our bodies. You know, we, we learn slowly, 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 slowly to disconnect from our bodies and only use our bodies for certain things. Like, you know, I mean, we're, we're trained into a mechanical way of looking at even having a body and being on the earth. We're, we're trained to look at it like it's all a machine of some sort, you know, with component parts that you can change out and and um, and that everything's really kind of disconnected and separate from um, itself, you know, even within our bodies, even within our psyches and their relationship with our bodies, but also, you know, in the natural world. So, you know, we don't get much, we don't, we don't learn how to do that, what the dogs do. We don't learn to like, oh, honey, here, let's go over here and let's like scream really loud. You know, yeah. or let's go over here and shake, you know, or just like run as fast as you can. I know that was scary and, and you couldn't get away. So now let's just, let's just imagine that and just run as fast as we can right in place. You know, if, if we had those kind of tools, you know, people would process stuff. It would be like everybody being a constant living experience of processing their content and their life and what happens and and supporting one another in doing that, you know, that could be a good thing. That's another show. <laughs> that could be a good thing. Yeah, wouldn't it be amazing if we just really all could be present and not be holding on to, you know, wads of stuff that our body doesn't quite know how to process, but it, it seems to be impeding the flow of how the immune system works and how everything else is working. Yeah. I mean, we really are an amazing computer as we as we see the you know, this attempt to make robots or robotic dogs and, you know, things. And because I watch a lot of technology shows and listen to a lot of technology, it amazes me as you watch these companies that are developing robots that the idea is that they're going to be guards or sentries or, you know, something, but they're teaching them to walk and move. And we're really complicated. We're really like we are a miracle that it happens that I get up and I can flap my lips and talk into a microphone and have a thing. <laughs> Robots aren't there yet. They're not even close. I don't want one driving my car. Are you kidding me? No. It's really and, tricky you know, being a human being. Yeah. And for me, you know, technology is a beautiful thing. Technology is a brilliant thing. Technology could be very, very freeing and has been. Uh, yeah. For uh, the the human race, it's just that it needs to be it needs to be driven from the heart. You know, it needs the principles behind the development of the various technologies. If they're heart based principles, then technology can be a fabulous, fabulous, freeing thing for human beings. 
But if it's if the intent behind it is you know questionable or you know um, based in old thinking, like everything's separate from each other and you got to control other people or you know whatever it is, uh, it's it's really the intent behind the technology that makes it you know either a, a real positive thing or or something that's you know a little questionable. A little questionable. I have such bad words. Yes, thank you. A little questionable. Boy, howdy. Wow. It's only the planet we live on. What do you think? Let's be kind. That is actually is one of my lines. It's sort of like, be kind. It's free. It's cheap. It's easy. Just be kind. Let's try being kind. Hey, let's try that. What do you think? And, and well, that, that heartfelt thing really does make me go back to Michael Murphy, the Estlin guy. Again, because that was his, that was sort of his foundational person was a longtime meditator and be in the moment process. He had, you know, his, I mean, he had his moments of crankiness and anger and outbreaks and everything. Sure. But for the most part, he was a very smooth, easygoing guy. And so to see him enter back into the world of golf and sports. It was an amazing idea that they backed into. They wanted to be better golfers or sport people, but in the process, they became more at peace and more heartfelt. And it was completely unintentional. <laughs> that was not the goal, but it happened. I knew a bunch of people around him that got into the golf in the kingdom, and they became smoother, kinder, more caring people as a side, as a side effect. And it was an amazing thing to see, like, wow, they really changed because they think differently now about the planet and who they are and being in relationship with others, that we are actually a community. Yeah. Well, and moving your body, moving our bodies is, is you know, these, these bodies, these are animal bodies that are part of this planet. You know, we may inhabit them as a soul that comes into uh, this body, but the body is of the earth. The body is um, like the dogs, you know. We gotta we gotta move our bodies. They're meant to move, and you know, just for me, um, uh, if I don't if I don't do some sort, you know, I do this old timey um, dance uh, dance um, kind of um, exercise called jazzercise, which is older than wow. But, but and it's fabulous, you know. It's like an hour, and you you're dancing the whole time. And if I don't do that, like for at the beginning of the whole COVID thing, when all of a sudden my jazzercise classes that I used to attend in person, you know, went away, and they hadn't come up with any kind of structure about how to do it on Zoom or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I went from you know doing my jazzercise, which keeps my emotional body for me keeps my emotional body in flow and keeps my, you know, me, just the whole system moving um, and not stagnant. Um, but for that first, you know, nine months of the COVID thing, that wasn't happening. And I just was sinking like a stone in terms of uh, my own ability to just process a lot of content that was going on in life, but also, um, just keeping my emotional body uh, in motion, you know, it is supposed to be in motion. And, um, and, and I find now, you know, that if I do that, if I'm doing that consistently, 
uh, it makes a big difference. So I totally get the correlation you're talking about between, um, you know, being able to be present and mindful and more kind and in our hearts and in our bodies by doing, um, you know, some sort of physical uh, movement, whatever it might be, you know, and, and you come up with anything. Well, and for some people, uh, they're, you know, Tai Chi is the thing. You know, you see groups yeah. in parks and all sorts of, I, I, and there's another thing, um, actually the woman's here in the Bay Area, but I can't, of course, think of her name now. I'll get back to that. Uh, it teaches chair yoga. I mean, she also teaches yoga, but she goes into the corporate sector. It, amusingly enough, she goes into a pharmaceutical company, so I'm glad I don't know her name right now. <laughs> she goes into pharmaceutical companies and works with the staff teaching them chair yoga. Yay. So that you're doing yoga without having to, you know, like get down on a mat and do all that. And it's an hour practice. And it just really, I mean, she's been doing it for years in that sector, in the yeah. corporate sector, teaching people this chair yoga. And it's an amazing thing of like just doing something. And I think doing it in a group is helpful because then there's sort of a mass group energy that occurs um, that is really beneficial to the whole gestalt of everyone involved. And it's a commonality where you can where you can talk about afterwards, and it gets you out of your mind, out of that yeah. the junkyard part of the mind, which can be so tricky because that's the computer that operates this. But yeah, yeah, because, because so much of the time, um, part of the way that we don't experience um, our feelings and our emotions is that, you know, we we touch in for a second to go, uh-oh, you know, there's that sadness, or uh-oh, I'm really mad about that. And then be, because we've been trained to not, like, go in with a curiosity, like, what is that, you know, and just feel it, um, we tend to slip right up into our brain and then start to try and analyze it, where did this come from, or why is it here, or it shouldn't be here, and and um, and that can be kind of that, that um, gerbil wheel that we get into in our minds that, that keeps us up and out of our bodies. And really, it's all meant to be an integrated, it's an integrated system and it's meant to be and our brains are fabulous and our ability to analyze is fabulous, but not in lieu of experiencing our living bodies. In spite of what Elon Musk thinks, I don't think we're quite yet in the virtual reality. You know, he th he has thoughts. He's actually talked about this. This is not like a conspiracy thing that he's actually talked about thinking it is possible that we are in some sort of possible matrix-like realm. Now, knowing him, that could be a joke or not. Who, who can tell? But until that's actually true, we have bodies. These are our houses. <laughs> we need to moving them around and shake them jazzercise that was a flashback um you know we need to be physical we're physical beings these are things you know we have muscles and flows and things are happening and we need to use them yeah. i don't know yeah. we need to get what that, an idea what an idea what a radical idea are there are there advantages to going through the body to get to to removing blocks and I mean that in, in the style of bioenergy, in a certain way, you as a practitioner get to bypass the blathering part that I am not wild about and actually communicate directly to the system that's going, wow, this is really inflamed and they're not paying attention to it. Can you help me with this? 
Can you help this person with this? Are there advantages going directly through the body? Uh, well, like I said earlier, you know, the body has the unedited version of things. So um, the body knows all about um, what's caught, when it got caught, what the impact is on the system and the, you know, the functioning of the body currently, any limiting beliefs we may have created about that incident that are now out of date. You know, at the time it might have been really important for me to create a belief called all men are, you know, scary or, you know, some, some belief that looked like I was just, you know, telling the truth at the time. But at this point, you know, some, some years later, that could be very limiting. Um, so the body knows about all those things and knows how it's all laced together and when it started and what the inception of it was. And it also knows which meridian is holding what feeling, you know, is it anger? Is it sadness? Is it fear? Is it feeling sorry for someone and wanting to help but not being able to? You know, betrayal, you know, these various feelings. The body knows what the feeling is, which meridian is holding it, and, and you know, what the impact is. And it also knows the priority, like um, if – this if if you go to this thing and release that first, then it's going to resolve like these three other questions the person has on their list of you know what they want to look at. So the body's got this wisdom um, that um, that we just don't have cognitively, just like those dogs. You know they have the wisdom to know you, you know you almost got hit by a car. Go to the side of the road and shake real good, and then move on. Um, the body mm-hmm. knows, you know, everything about uh, what impacts what. And the the other beautiful thing about the body is the body knows, um, is loyal to the person and knows what a person can handle and at what rate. So the body isn't going to guide you into something that's going to be like, whoa, I wasn't ready for that. The body will will definitely... Um, go at the rate that the person um, can be with. And so we get, so through, by working through the body, we get this self-awareness. Um, we get enough of the storyline to, 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 to have it just um, be psychologically useful and not just, just a body process. Um, but we don't get so far into the psychology of it that we're up and out of the body. So it allows the body to process the content because that's where it's living and, um, and release it. But we get the self-awareness so that we, we can go like, wow, you know, we can actually reflect on it later and go, wow, you know, I really have always suppressed my anger. And that's really interesting for me to know, see how it got caught in my body. And, and now maybe I can, you know, now that now that that level of anger that was stuck that can, you know, sometimes when people get back into their feelings, you know, it's like, whoa, there's a lot here. Um, <laughs> and it can be too, you know, it can feel, you know, alarming. But once you, you know, with, with a process like bioenergy balancing where that energy gets moved out of the body and that old charge from these events gets out of the body, then all of a sudden 
going into your anger isn't as big a deal because there's less there. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to relate this to the immune system now, since there's a lot of talk about immune systems these days, or at least between people like you and I, uh, this is a lot of like, let's have a strong immune system. What do you think about that? Um, yeah. How does it, do people notice shifts? Do, do people come to you to clear blockages or do they come to you typically, do clients come to you because they have something going on like you did in the early days when you were having bladder issues? Do they come to you with that thought in their mind, like they're having a kidney, their kidney, their lower back is hurting and they think they'll have a session and see if something can improve that? Or A, what's their motivator, motivator often? And B, what are their observations about their immune system or perhaps their biochemistry if they're working with a traditional practitioner who does blood work? What do they see not only in their mental state, but in their physiological immune biochemistry realms? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, well, the thing I love about bioenergy balancing is that you can come in through pretty much any direction. You know, some people come because I have this recurring pattern where, you know, um, I, I just, you know, I have this recurring pattern about whatever. Um, some people come, you know, I've got this knee and it's just never been the same since X or People can come in because they just went to the doctor and the doctor said, you've got elevated this and that, or, you know, we've got a concern about this or that with, you know, data from blood tests. Or um, people can come in saying, you know, I just think I, I just don't have the vitality that I want. It can be anything. It can be physical symptoms. It can be emotional patterns. It can be a sense of that I've got limiting beliefs, but they're they're pretty unconscious and I don't know how they're driving it the show, um, or, you know, it can be blood tests, et cetera. So that's the beauty is you can go in um, with any number of those questions and the body knows about all of it because it really is all tied together. So um, it can really address any of those things. And uh, definitely I've seen, um, I kind of love it when people, you know, and especially, you know, people I've been working with for a while, you know, they say, well, I just went and got blood tests and they say that my cholesterol's high or that my, you know, ferritin is too high or, you know, something that they're seeing on a blood test. And then, well, you know, gives, it's like, okay, let's well, ask your body. So then we ask the body, you know, what that's about and the body will, you know, show us what got caught, how did it get out of balance, what's, uh, how is it caught in the body? What needs to be released? We'll do the release work, and then next time they get blood work, you know, we get evidence about what happened. That. So it really, yeah, it, it it governs everything. I mean, this is um, like I was saying, there really is no separation. This is all meant to be in flow. We just have various ways of looking at it. You know, medical tests are one way to look at it, and it's great data. Um, yeah. You know, having a bum knee that never never seems to um, repair is also good data because, you know, a lot of times with an injury or something, um, the biofield of that, of that knee, for instance, if somebody has a skiing accident or something, um, you know, it can be that, that um, the biofield of that um, knee, um, that it's still holding the time of the injury. 
or the biofield just lifted off the body and really isn't even present in the tissues of that knee. You know, when that happens, the body doesn't have what it needs to heal. If it's out of date or if the biofield isn't present in that um, joint or that organ, um, the body's going to have a much harder time healing. So if you go back and can restore that so that the biofield's present, everything's in current time, then the body, you know, can very naturally just, you know, clean up and bring things back into current time and, and you know, really help with the healing process. Well, and I, in general, I see this and or I also grew up with, I think it was my father that would always talk about his bum knee. And that always kind of stuck in my, even as a younger person, I, that always stuck in my craw, kind of like, really, you're talking about your bum knee a lot. So your cells, this, this relates to your work and or Bruce Lipton's work about DNA and the receptor sites in the cells. And I remember the first time I heard him lecture when he'd written, when he just released the biology belief a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. talking about, I, I kind of coined the phrase with him when I interviewed him about our cells are listening and our cells really are listening. They have antennas on them yes. really, and they're receptive. They're keyed to particular things, but they'll hold stuff. And so yeah. I always thought it was weird when people would say my bum knee. And so the cells are going, Oh, we've got a bum knee. Oh, that's too bad. We'll be careful about that knee versus my yeah. knee, you know, some other way of like working with you and having that cleared so that that is vital. It may still be damaged, but you don't have to keep reaffirming it because you're just reaffirming it. The cells are going, oh, it's broken, it's bum, that's too bad. We'll just set that over there as bummed. And bummed. so the idea of it's bummed. Well, that's what they used to say, you know, bum knee. Really, like, <laughs> yeah. you hear what you're saying? It's it bummed? bummed. It's like, really? It's really bummed. bummed. <laughs> you're confirming that it's bummed. Wow, that's weird. Um, and so it's so great to know that there are possibilities to get stuff out of our bodies which back to the immune system, what happens with the immune system when it runs into a blockage of energy? In ter- you know, as, as, as the immune system is trying to keep us strong and healthy and vital, which is what the body is really wanting to do, how does having a blockage in the body affect the flow of the immune system? Yeah, well, the immune system is a very complicated, you know, full body yeah. sort of deal. You know, it's it's a, the immune system has got so much uh, capacity. It is a very uh, complicated thing, um, and so you know, it it is affected by uh, blockages, no question. Um, but all systems, you know, are affected by blockages. You know, I mean, so it's the immune system is just one. But, you know, we do live in a, in a world uh, where there are, um, you know, we can, our, our bodies can be compromised by toxins in the environment. Um, they can be compromised by, um, you know, stuff that, food additives, stuff that comes in through the food supply. Um, they can be compromised by, um, antibiotics and commercial, you know, cheeses and, and uh, you know, meats and such. You know, so 
you know, all those things can suppress the immune system or just the, the health of the body. And there, and the body does know about those things. So the good thing about bioenergy balancing is that you can ask if there are toxins involved or, or any kind of pathogens, you know, there's, there are all sorts of, you know, mycoplasmas and, you know, various pathogens that, that can be difficult on the body, but the body knows about them and can give us, uh, direct us towards solutions to those things. Um, so, but the immune system, you know, you can ask direct questions about the immune system for sure. Is the immune system co- compromised? You know, the body will answer yes or no. Um, is the humoral immunity working, which is more like the T cells and the B cells and kind of the part of the immune system. The body can tell you, um, yes, it's compromised. And when that happens, you know, are the immune particles being created properly? You know, the eosinophils and the basophils and all the little um, macrophages and all the little particles that the immune system makes that go around and clean things up or, you know, spew a little um, hydrogen peroxide and vitamin C into bugs to kill them. You know, I mean, all these different ways that our bodies work. And how about the microbiome? The, the microbiome is is our whole gut. You know, and the the health of our of our um, of our gut, which is you know, it's being shown to be um, not only a place. Um, that needs to be in balance so that you don't get an overgrowth of funguses or you don't get an overgrowth of candida or um, that sort of thing. But it's also being shown that a lot of our neurotransmitters that keep our brain in balance and keep our serotonin and our, and our dopamine um, active and plentiful, those things are also made in the um, microbiome, the gut. So um, the gut is also another place that's super important for the immune system. And again, you know, uh, antibiotics that come in through the food supply um, that that can blow out our, our, our natural bacteria and allow for an overgrowth of funguses and, and bacteria that aren't so great, you know, that's, those are all part of the picture. And a handful of uh, growth hormones from non-organic animal foods. That's, you know, a handful of fake hormones in our bodies. Our bodies are going, what is that? We don't even know what that is. Right. That's some weird science. But it's in there. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the body is able to deal with a lot of uh, pathogens, but... But if a pathogen is, is not naturally occurring, you know, that, that's a little trickier for the body. And then the body might need a little, a little help, you know, kind of, um, uh, you know, when something's attached to something else that isn't a naturally occurring thing. You know, sometimes the body might need a little help getting that thing unattached from the other thing so they can go, oh, here we got this. I know how to do that. And over here we've got this, and I know how to do that. But when they're attached to each other, Eh, what's that? Never seen that before. What's that? <laughs> There's a blip on the chart. Bob, go look at that. Get down there. Figure that out. Get back to us. Break that apart. Put that under the, you know. Go back yeah. over there and check that out. Send out the crew on the hard hats and the belts to, like, test and shine lights on that. 
That's right. It's and like, then, you know, you can get, then the, the immune system can start to grind away, you know, and then you get yeah. inflammation. You know, the body's like, what is this? What is this? What is this? You know? And back to your work. Oh, wow. I'm surprised we're not at the end, but I'm like, wow, we're here already. Um, <laughs> it really is about giving the body the opportunity and your work really fits right into this. Your work, Sherry's work, a lot of these alternative, what are, um, I, we need another word than alternatives. Real work, I don't know what to call it. But anyway, that it leaves the body and, and allows the body to do what it wants to do, which is be in homeostasis. The body, yeah. the body will work with a gimp and a limp and a short leg and a thing, and it'll balance out and... You know, I've worked with people with disabilities, and it's amazing how the body will compensate and make that work. The body really wants sure. to be in a state of balance, even though it may not look like it from the outside. The body really will strive toward that. But when we start throwing these, as you say, these bundled chemistries in there, it's sort of like, wow, we need a new crew for this. What the heck that? Well, um, and the and make it really is hard. that there's still, there's still herbs and you know, they're a natural, natural substance of the earth that, um, that can even address those things. Yeah. It can even snip something that needs to be snipped or, or um, you know, do whatever they need to do. So it, it's still um, got resources. Yeah. Well, when we add things like, you know, bitters, which most people hate. I happen to really like bitters. I've always liked bitters. And they're more European in, in usage, but now they, they're here. And taking a little bit of bitters every day really helps the gut, the microbiome, the pH. They're, they're herbally based, and they kind of are a little gnarly tasting, but they're so good for your liver, and they're so good for the digestive system. And I really, as I say, I like the taste of them. But there are a lot of natural substances we can be using to help support the immune system. Remember the immune yeah. system, everybody? The immune system. Let's depend upon yeah. the immune system. Yeah. Go ahead. The immune system is, it, it likes its zinc, and it likes its vitamin C, and it likes its vitamin D, and, and it likes its echinacea when it's gotten a little bit of a bug. You know, the, the, the body, you know, the, the, the natural world, plants and all that, and the body all get along well. We just need to... Um, remember that we can know about all that and we can um, be creatures of the earth um, in service to, you know, the, a, a thriving reality for all, for this beautiful planet, for our bodies, for one another, for community, for, for all the magic of the way it actually works. And, and we don't have to figure it all out and we don't have to be told how to operate within it. We just need to drop in and know what we already know kind of biologically and, um, and cosmically. I mean, we're souls that are eternal. We've been around the block. We just need to drop in and tap into to what we know. Mic drop. <laughs> that. Yes. <laughs> Everything she just said. <laughs> yeah, and it starts with the heart. It starts with remembering that we're heart-based humans. You know, heart, earth, those are the same letters. 
Those are the same letters. That's, oh, yeah. That's a clue we've, that's a yeah. clue we've left for ourselves. The earth is so clever. <laughs> it really knows what's going on if we would just allow it. It's, uh, yeah. That's why I've always been – I wasn't going to, but I, I have to say I've always been a fan of is what I call a scuffing in the earth. And I've been around – having grown up in the Big Sur area, I've been a part of a lot of circles for decades. And I, I just think that's such a powerful thing to gather, have fire, have food – and then yes. there's some drumming or dancing or singing or chanting or something in a group. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What a radical idea. Even now, yeah. nowadays, it might be a virtual fire and we're on Zoom and the fire's over in one corner of the cell of the Zoom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> much well, fun. And isn't that, isn't that a curious thing right there? Yeah. You know, how could, how could that not be a, yeah. a good thing? But, you know, yeah, we're where we're at. <laughs> Yeah, For the people still want to gather, even if it's on Zoom. People are still totally. desperate to gather. It's amazing. People Can you FaceTime? No, I can't. <laughs> yeah, but, but but people do need to gather, and, and thank goodness for Zoom and these kind of things because it does allow people to gather. But yeah, it is. It's a it's a it's a funny thing to to try and take away from human beings because human beings are beings of community and. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get that straight. We're, we're, we're pack animals. People don't like that because yeah. it makes you sound like a dog. And I'm like, what's wrong with that? It, we're more <laughs> like horses, you know. Okay. We like to lay our heads on the backs of others, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm stunned to find, this is where I ask you, how do people work with you? Where would you like people to find out more about you? And don't forget to give your URL for the Human Spirit Radio as well. Okay. Um, my um, website is biointegration.com, and that's B-I-O-I-N-T-E-G-R-A-T-I-O-N. That's my website. There's a whole bunch of information there. Um, and uh, if you want to contact me directly, my email is Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at biointegration.com. Um, and uh, I did do radio for many, many years, and there's quite a rich archive of material um, at my um, Human Spirit Radio site, which is humanspiritradio, all one word, dot com humanspiritradio.com and you can check out any old broadcasts and um, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Um, it's a, it's a great time to be alive in our bodies on the earth and, and that's, that's what's available. Great. Thank you so much. We only have about eight more shows we have to do to finish everything off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so many subjects, so little time. Uh, that was great, Sarah. I knew it was going to be an adventure, and it did not, you know, disappoint in any way. It was great. Yeah, it's so great to ev- be with you, Richard. Just love thank you. Adapt. Thank you, and everybody have a great. Thank you. Yes, thank you, <laughs> and uh, everybody have a great rest of the weekend, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye.